0: It is indeed a blessing to be here tonight and see so many smiling faces. How many of you know God is good? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I welcome you with the founders, my wife and I, from uh, the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Television Network, and. I started seven and a half years ago with a small camera that would fit in my pocket. <laughs> now as a worldwide ministry. Hallelujah. Yeah. We were in over 195 countries around the world. And God, I'm a witness, can take people who think they're nobody and do great things through yeah. 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 Hallelujah. I've had tremendous prophecy, which I'll be talking about. And we've had people come and go, but God is still on the throne. Still on the throne. On tonight, I felt in my spirit that the Holy Spirit wants to ask you a couple of questions. And throughout my 50 years in ministry, I've asked God a lot of questions, so He's turned around and asked back. We commune with one another. So I want you to, if you have your Bibles, find your place into
1: the Gospel
0: of St. John. And we're going to be in chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And I want to thank Praise Chapel for allowing us to come out here and speak and be a part of this great event. Isn't this something?
1: Amen. The
0: the Feast of Tabernacles. And God is going to move mightily. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I may not preach like some of you are used to. But I'm just gonna be myself in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know God's gonna to speak to us tonight because He spoke to me. Yes. And I'm just a carrier of His word. Yes. A carrier of His glory. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Yeah. I want you to know that
1: if your heart is pricked
0: by the Spirit of God tonight. Don't nobody go out of here saying, well, Lana's been talking to the apostle.
1: (laughs) No, no, there's been no gossip going on. Amen. It's
0: coming straight from the throne of God. Amen. We step into the revelation and gifts of the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Looking at St. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6 I'm going to read straight through and I'm reading out of the NIV version of the Bible it says on the third day a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee and Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding when the wine was gone Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Somebody said, no more wine." wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars to kind used by the Jews for the ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And then if you go in into the story, you find Jesus's directive to the uh, servants of God. And we'll take a look at that in just a moment. Earlier this year, God visited me in a s- special way and he gave me a dream that shook my life. You know, sometimes we need our lives to be shaken up. Yes. Right, right, right. Stirred up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at this beautiful bridle gown took me right to the dream. Because in my dream I was in, this, in a church, and it was a beautiful setup for a, uh, a wedding. And at the, the proper place in the wedding ceremony, <coughs> the Lord Jesus stood where the groom normally stands. And I was sitting over to the side, and everybody was awaiting the bride to come in beautifully adorned. And at the right moment, at the sound of the instruments, the door swung open, and the bride stepped in, but something was wrong. In came a bride, and the dress was tattered and torn. It was ripped, and it was dirty and scalded. Her shoes were all run over and unpolished. Her hair was matted and not well groomed at all. Her makeup was on in the ugliest way. And as everybody looked that was sitting in the ceremony, people began to frown and including Jesus, the groom who stood there and he looked at me And he says, this isn't the bride that I've come for. This isn't the one that I've been waiting for that I came to have the marriage with. And I sat there and I said, well, Lord, what do you want me to do about it? (laughs) Somebody say, what do you want me to do about it? And And the Lord looked at me and says, I want you to beautify my bride. And I says, how do you want me to do that, Lord? And he says, to beautify my bride, I need you to preach. And I need you to walk upright and be an example before my bride. Amen. And my bride will be beautified. Amen. And right at that moment, the dream concluded and I awoke. And let me tell you, when you awake from a God-given, Holy Ghost-inspired dream you just don't go back to sleep you sit and you listen and so God brought me here to this second chapter of John and in here we see that Jesus is at this wedding feast his mother had been invited him and the other disciples had been invited but a problem arose. They ran out of wine. You know, they used to have a several day celebration. And running out of wine was something that was not, would be considered inconceivable during a ceremony. And the people evidently approached Jesus' mother and said, we have no more wine. They informed her of the problem. In our ministry, many times, we are all informed of the problem. And here in this particular story, Mary approached her son with the condition, the negative situation. She says, we have no more wine. Now Jesus' reply may look like he was rough with his mother, but he was not. Jesus knew that his mother knew more about him than anybody else. She had heard the prophetic words from the angels right before she conceived of him. She had heard from different visitations how special he was. That this would be no ordinary baby that she would bring into this world. You know, and when she took him as an infant into the uh, temple, uh, one of the men, Simon Merrick, And prophesied to her of his uniqueness, declaring God told me I couldn't even go home to be with him until I greeted this baby. So she heard the words, even when he was 12 years old, and he disappeared, and they looked for him. They found him in the temple, and when she says, son, why have you treated us like this? He says, shouldn't I be about my father's business? So if anybody knew him, she did. Now there was a greater revelation that would yet come, but up to that point, she knew who he was. So when Jesus says, Woman, what's your problem? It wasn't a scolding. It was you know who I am and I'm capable, my capabilities. And my time is not up yet. So without any hesitation, she turns to the servants and she says, whatever he says to do, you need to do it. Do you mind if I park there for a moment? The Holy Spirit is telling us these words. I've called some of you to do some things and some people are hesitating (laughs) some people are procrastinating and i'm waiting on you god has a gift an anointing a a calling upon different people's lives nobody can do what you do as you feel by his spirit he can bypass you but it's His will for you to cooperate with Him and be blessed by Him. You see, all of us come from different backgrounds. We've had different experiences. We've had different problems. We've all, you can be identical twins and there's differences. And as the Holy Spirit come in and use us, it's going to be a unique way in cooperation with him. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how good somebody might say I preach, there's somebody that may not like my preaching, but they'll listen to you as you preach, and you as you preach. God's got somebody for everybody. He just wants to make sure his word gets into you, and you start doing his will. Can I talk to you for a moment? What does he call you to do? I'm here to let you know a secret, God always reveals his will. When I meet people that say, well, I want to serve him, but I don't know what his will is. (laughs) Yes, you do, because he's been dealing with you. God will get into your dreams. You know what your talents are. You know the desires. You can sense his presence, but sometimes you're just not in the word. And you get in the Word, and it'll start coming (laughs) out.
1: The Holy Ghost will bring it up. And he's a revealer
0: of secrets. She told these servants, whatever he says to do, you do it. Now, the Holy Spirit showed me something today I'd never seen before. A couple of things. Number one, when we read on in this story, you don't see any of the servants contesting what she said. Right. Right. They all went to the pots, as big as they were, filled them with water, and brought them over. Mm-hmm. They carried it out just by the way that she provided the directive. Um, The way Jesus had spoken, it had to be done. God is saying, if you do things the way I've called you to do them, if you do what I've called you to do, don't try to take over somebody else's work the, the way they do it. If I've called you to be the cook, cook. Don't try to do the plumbing. If i called you to sing, sing. Don't try to do this. People in our churches are always trying to do somebody else's work. Why? Because they think they can get the glory by doing it better. Let me tell you something about God. God's got more sense than all of us do. And you can't fool him. Whatever he's called you to do, he wants you to do it. And there's a blessing in doing the will of God. You cannot go wrong when you do the will of God. You don't have to know the whole Bible to represent Jesus. You just need to walk in obedience to what he called you to do. What he revealed you to do. And then watch the glory of the Lord move mightily. God has let me know through the dream that I had, and as we come into this, that everything that you do never goes unnoticed. He makes sure that everything he's called you to do, as you do it unto him, is a witness to somebody. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's gleaning how to do things, how to follow you. Paul told Timothy, you know, to, to follow me as I follow Christ. How many of us are examples, good examples before the Lord? Let me tell you something else. Uh, I found this out. They didn't teach me this, but I was (laughs) a younger person. If you make a mistake out there, you don't have to worry about God revealing it to people. The devil gonna make sure it's out there. Because he wants to destroy your reputation. You can try to hide it all you want, the devil's gonna make sure somebody else sees it so their confidence in the word or in scripture and the church is destroyed. Yes. Right? Yes. I've been around preachers who try to tiptoe. You know, on Saturday night. Some of them used to say Saturday night is the devil's night. I can't find what God gave Satan a day back. He created all seven. When did he sign one of them back over to the devil? I can't find that. But some preachers try to tiptoe around and try to do different things. God is a revealer of secrets. And today he is uncovering a whole bunch of false and phony prophets. Yes, Yes, he is. He's uncovering those that have not been called but who thought they could get up and do what we do. You can mimic us. You can dress like us you want to. Uh, (laughs) You you can try to out sing us or out dance us, but God knows those that are here.
1: God knows
0: those that are here. And there are people that just can't be fooled. So we have to be walking upright when we're doing the will and the work of God. Now, let's look at these servants here. And I love this aspect. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he said, Now draw some of it out and take it to the master of the banquet. And the Bible say what? They did it. And the master of the banquet tasted it Hey, that it had been turned into wine and he did not realize where it came from though the servants who had drawn the water knew then he called the bridegroom and aside and said everyone brings out the choice wine first then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink but you have saved the best to now you know Let me say this. Somebody wants to really catch this. When you look at the story, it reveals that sometimes when we are out to do the will of God, we're going to run into some rough times. We might lack something. Something might look disarray. They ran out of wine, now something had to be done. Sometimes it may not appear that everything is laid out just right for you. But we're not supposed to worry about that because the the great provider was there. And he's got ways of making things right. He's got ways of making things happen. How many of you in the ministry have started out and the money went low and you thought you couldn't go no further? God is the banker. Can I talk about that for a minute? Because you're looking at somebody that knows. I started with zero. You know, people, some people don't understand. They think zero is just in your checking account when they got a million dollars in the savings account. Zero means zero. You know, there have been times my wife and I set out, to drive to Arizona. My mama Betty, in. We didn't have enough gas to make it to Arizona. But I had the faith. I said, Lord, you told me to go. I know you're not going to let me break down in the desert. And while we were riding in the car, my phone would go, ching. that means somebody put an offering in the, in the in the database. And I says, thank you, Father, for giving us the gas to continue. You got. how far are you going to trust God? You know, with God wants us to learn to trust Him. Trusting God don't mean you're going to see everything before you get there. Yes. Trusting God just means you're going to believe God. The moment you take the first few steps and you're going to keep trusting Him, that He's going to make things happen, that He's going to be the provider, the healer, the waymaker. He's going to be the builder of what you're trying to do. That he's everything. And that what you've entered into is not something that you can see, but what he's called you to do. There were six water bottles, jars, sitting there. And Jesus just looked there and saw what was around and said, fill them up with water. None of the servants said, I'm not going to do this. If I take water over to the master and tell him it's wine and he gets mad, it could be my my head. I might end up in prison. I'm not going to do that. But they were obedient. They didn't know who Jesus was. This was his first miracle. But they obeyed. They obeyed. We need to learn to obey if we're going to see the miracle. Can I talk to you for a moment? Some people, it, it's the flesh. It said, well, if you call me to do it, I gotta see what's going on first. I, I gotta know who's gonna be there with me. I gotta know how much money I got. I, I need to see step two, step three, and step four. I, I need to know who's gonna line up with me. I need to make all this information I need. Listen to that. God don't work like that. Uh-huh. God does not work like that. You take a step and watch God start showing up. When we get to the place, I told a lady one day, she was going in for a surgical operation, and she said, well, well, they're going to put me to sleep and operate on me. And I says, you know why they put you to sleep? And she says, no, why? I says, it's not that they don't want you to feel the surgery. They don't want your involvement in the surgery.
1: (laughs) Some of you
0: know that if he stayed awake, he'd be telling the doctor, go cut this way. Don't use this there on me." You know, I, I don't want a bad looking stitch mark on me. You know, you know something like that. We'll be, be giving directives to the surgeon. You see, some things God don't reveal in advance, we have to go forward and carry out his will. Isn't that what Abraham did when God told him to surrender his son? Take your son, your only son, the one that you love, the one that you waited for for so long, take him up on the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham, without any reservation or any argumentation, picked up his son. I gotta understand, Isaac wasn't a little boy at this time. He was a young man. And he took him, the boy could have overpowered the dad, but he was so surrendered to his father walked with God, that he obeyed, that he let his father tie him up and put him down on the slab. But Abraham just believed God that that God was somehow going to raise him back up despite what might happen. And just as he had the knife in his hand, about to bring it down, God spoke and said, stop. Now I know that you love me. Don't kill your son. Set him free. And God later provided his own son on his cross to die for the sins of the world. Listen, people, God's asking you, what have I called you to do? What's holding you back? Some of us have entered into our ministries. You've entered into your work. But God is saying it's time to take it to the next level. This world is getting worse. Look like the devil is on a greater rampage than ever before. Everybody's fighting. People's killing cops. Cops killing people. This thing is is almost getting as bad as it was in the days of Noah. What are we going to do about it? Right. They used to tell me the church has power. Mm-hmm. The sinners don't think so anymore. Mm-hmm. They're breaking in on the churches because people are not standing up for Jesus. we got to take our stand boldly. We have to take our stand boldly. I had another dream the other night, um, Pastor and I was preaching in a church similar to this. And I mean, I was cutting up, I was preaching, telling it like it is. And a man came in with a gun out of no place, and he stood six feet in front of me and fired his rifle. Six bullets. And I stood after the, the pulling of the trigger, I still standing, and people said, did he miss? Mm-hmm. What happened? But there were no holes in the wall back here. Mm-hmm. And his bullets fired from the gun. Mm-hmm. So then, in a matter within seconds, he pulls his knife, and he attacks, and he strikes at my heart. And the, the steel blade bent mm-hmm. like it was rubber and some of the brothers uh, subdued him and took him down and I woke up and I said, Lord, okay, what are you saying? And the Lord said, don't be afraid. He says, I'm more than enough to be with you. It was I that kept them bullets from striking you. It was me, the anointing, the anointed one. I'm your covering. I'm everything you need. Take my word to the world. Don't stop. Yes. Tell it when people yes. don't want to hear it. Yes. Tell it when they get mad at it. Tell it. Yes. Because my word is the only thing that the Holy Spirit uses to bring transformation. Yes. That's it. His word. Yes. His word. Not the philosophy of man. Right. Not the uh you know, the words of other Made-up, carnal doctrines, uh, denominations, or, or false prophets. His word brings transformation. Yes. Yes. It is the cleaning agent. The Holy Spirit washes us in the word, yes. and God changes our lives. And He, you know, when you know you've been changed, you've been affected yes. to carry and go forward. Yes. What has He called you to do? Somebody allowing sin to stop you. Mm-hmm. You know, the devil will bring you bring temptation every day, several times. Wow. But you find out where your heart is when temptation is brought. Mm-hmm. Most every place I go, I take my wife with me. Mm-hmm. So the devil can't come in between in the marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've had some few crazy ladies try to come up and flirt with me. I know they're crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and if she's not with me, first thing I do is I say, well, my wife had a I, mean, I make
1: it known. You know, gotta make it known. You, whatever
0: area you feel that you are weak in, go to God and allow God to be your strength. If you're weak in the area of of, of pride, I never told nobody to go to God and ask for humility. (laughs) But I tell you, God does know how to humble you. But if you need a lesson there, he's ready. It's, It's more effective, it's more peaceful, it's more loving if you learn to walk with Jesus. And do his will than be outside his will. Yeah. Because the wages of sin are what? Death. Yeah. But the gift of God is eternal life. Yeah. I tell you, I'm having the greatest time preaching the gospel. Yeah. We preached on street corners through the inner city.
1: And we've had um,
0: gangbangers come up. And <laughs> rifles, AK-47s, handguns. Some of them now are preaching the gospel. We didn't back down. We didn't back down. I have one man put a gun to my head and he says all I have to do is pull the trigger. I let him know you couldn't do that. You know I'm not that I'm so great. I trust in the Lord. And uh, but I led these men to Jesus, and several of them put down their guns and are uh, pastoring churches today. Yeah. Yeah. You, want, you got to walk with the power of the Holy Spirit. You got to know who you trust. You got to believe in who you say you believe in. Because report card time will come up, and it come up daily. Uh-huh, you will be tested daily, you know. And not only for some of us men, some of your ladies too, you know, the devil will bring some of these guys, come around and they'll back, they'll try to flirt with you and ruin your testimony. Uh-uh, won't you back down? You, 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 you got to carry a picture of your husband, or, you know, with you, or, or put it on a chain and keep in front of you. Keep yourself holy and walk up right before God. And there's a blessing. There's a blessing every time you walk up right and you 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 tell the devil, get behind me. There's a blessing from God. God raises up his children and he says, you may be proud today. I'm proud of your standing. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to hear him say, well done. Jesus appeared to me one day and told me, I'm pleased with your life. I'm pleased. And man, I tell you, that blew my mind. That blew my mind. God will always let you know if he's satisfied with you. If you're doing his will. If you're doing it the way he said. He is a reward of those that diligently seek him. You're seeking to please him or you walking in your flesh walking in the flesh won't get you nowhere right. now I had no idea other than a prophetic word that came years ago <laughs> when mama Betty stood in front of me in 1985 I was a younger pastor, my church had just closed I was feeling depressed and despondent Ministers came and said, there's a lady here, got a tremendous prophetic voice. I said, I don't care, I'm not going no place, I'm staying in bed. <laughs> you know how you have a pity party? You know, never will to invite nobody to it but you. But you need to shake that thing off. And I did, and I came to the church, and I'm so glad. I never met her before, didn't even know her name or anything at the end of the service she lined up all 15 preachers that were in the building uh, across the uh, platform and um, I was number three in the line and she stood in front of me and she prayed and then she took a step back and she says young man God says he's going to use you mightily in TV and she said a few other things and I told her today in a private conversation, I thought she was nuts. <laughs> my church just closed. I was broke. Nothing was looking positive. It was hurting. TV cost a million dollars. How am I going to get there? Now, these are the thoughts that were going through my mind. The devil rejected them, and I was believing that foolishness. Nevertheless, she prayed, and then she moved on to the next preacher. After she prophesied to the next gentleman, Instead of going to the next one, she come back and stood a second time in front of me. And everybody's looking at it. And she says, young man, the Holy Spirit wants you to get this. And she spoke those words again. God's going to use you around the world. And you're going to do great things in the TV and yada yah yada, yada. And this time I'm kind of halfway paying attention. And so she went back and proceeded down the line. She got to preacher number nine. After she prayed for him, she'd come back and stood a third time in front of me. And she says, young man, God wants you to get this and get it good. He's going to use you. Now, third time must have been a charm. I started listening to that.
1: And I kept wondering, who
0: is this lady? You know, and uh, I never saw her again after that. Didn't know where. I knew she was from somewhere down south because of the southern accent and everything, and uh, years went by when God called me to do this, and uh, you gotta understand, I didn't have the knowledge to do this. I knew how to turn on a computer. I knew what my power button was. I didn't know how to upload a video to YouTube. I knew nothing. And God spoke to me. I had a little camera in my pocket for filming grandkids. And God spoke to me and says, I want you to launch the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network. And I said, wait a minute, Lord. Now, how many of you are trying to educate God?
1: (laughs) I told God, I said, if you don't understand,
0: I said, you need a lot of people. I don't know anybody. You need a lot of money not zero. Uh, You need a lot of equipment. I just got this little red camera in my pocket. And I thought that was the end of the conversation. I thought (laughs) I informed God of the situation. (laughs) and The Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, all you need is me. And on my face, I went on the floor, crying, saying, yes, Lord, I don't understand. But yes to you. God wants your yes, Yes. even when you can't figure it out. He's calling you to do greater things than you're capable of doing. So he can get the glory. He doesn't call you to do what you think you can do normally. He wants you to learn to trust him. The question is, are you ready to do his will? Uh, You know, stop looking at the things you lack. And look at him and trust him. God makes things happen. Our Bible is full of illustrations where God took nobodies and anointed them and gave them gifts and words and strength and power. And he did the work through their lives. The glory went to him. Over a two month period. I prayed. What can I do to learn how to do TV? I couldn't go to TVN and say, No, no, no. I'm here. Uh, It's been prophesied for me to launch a network. I want you to teach me everything you know. They can call the people with the jackets and lock me up. So I went online, and everything I read was Greek. I didn't understand it. And I told the Holy Spirit, I'm not getting this week, day after day, week after week. I said, I'm not understanding this stuff. You sure you got the right man? It's over my head. After two months in fasting and prayer, Holy Spirit opened up my understanding. When God reveals something, let me tell you, how many of you ever read the certain Bible stories and you miss things until the Lord reveals it? And I go back and say, How did I miss that? God opened up my understanding. And it it all came, and I got it. I started dancing around the house. I got it, I got it, I got it. Oh, yeah, I got it. I'm ready. Thank you, Jesus. Then I said, wait a minute. There's still something wrong. But nothing else has changed. I got no equipment. Don't know nobody. Don't have no money. And I told the Lord about it. And the Lord very lovingly said, ask me. How many of you ask God to help pay your car note or your house note? You know, I put food on the table. Yeah, he says, ask me. And so I got nervous. And I said, well, Lord, if you give me $10,000, I might do a little something, but inside, I knew I wasn't telling the truth. I figured I was too afraid to ask for more. I'm just admitting the truth. Uh, th- this was on uh, November the 1st, 2014. A month later, exactly 30 days, my wife and I go to the post office and there's a check in mm-hmm. there we know nothing about. It. You know, you ever heard people talk about they got a check they didn't know nothing about? This <coughs> was a check that we knew nothing about. I remember I asked God for how much money? 10000 And I, I told you and I knew I was lying on the inside. So to God, a check came in the mail for $43,000. Yeah. We knew nothing about it. Yeah. And God says, I just gave you a start, get busy. <laughs> the next day I met two lady ministers that I didn't know. They didn't know each other. And uh, they came and met with me. I said, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm launching the Holy Spirit Broadcasting TV network. They said, well, what do you want us to do? I says, i want to film you each doing eight shows. Me and my wife did eight shows. That's our total of 24, right? But like three three programs. And we finally went up on the air. We went up 24 hours a day, seven days a week with three shows. Just repeating. Within a month, we had 10 more broadcasters. And I'm telling you, now, seven and a half years later, we'll be eight years old in March. We have over 150 broadcasters around the world. We got eight television networks around the globe. Wow. Yeah. God has been working miracles after miracles. Yeah. So oh so well, yeah, we still have needs. We still have issues. We still, you know what? But you can't. You're not gonna walk around this earth prancing, mm-hmm. preaching the gospel, and the devil not attack you. All right. All right. And I, I'm going to let you in on another secret of you. If you ready for this, this this is real deep. I really want you to get this. How I many of you ever heard preachers say, when they get up in the morning, they put the armor on? How many of you ever heard say that? Throw that out the window. Because I tell people, if you have to put it on, when did you take it off and
1: why?
0: I'm when I go to bed at night, my armor is on. I never take it off. It's a spiritual armor. I keep it on through the night. You see, you can't go by stuff you hear out there. When God dress you up in his spirit and you're armed with the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace, you don't take that off. You keep it on 24-7 because the enemy want to attack you when you're extremely vulnerable. And most of the time when he attacks believers is when you're tired, when you're hungry, when you're lonely, when you're the most vulnerable, Here come that creeping devil And try to discourage you Distract you And the first thing you need to do is learn to run back to Jesus Get in close proximity with him And realize where your help comes from And then you can stand toe to toe And rebuke him in Jesus' name And the Bible says He will flee from you You don't flee from him He will flee from you we don't get nothing from the enemy. The devil is a lie. The truth is not in him. The power is in Jesus Christ. When he walked out of that tomb, hey amen, he stood out there and he declared, all power has been given unto me. And if he got it all, I must have got me the devil. Where's my mathematical geniuses at? If Jesus did, if you got zero, if he got zero, why give him some credit? Why give it to him? He's got zero. What is God calling you to do? You can't do it. People will come up, even family members will come up to you and try to discourage you. When we were launching this network, my wife's family come around and they said, Well, we don't know how you're going to make it if you're looking to us for money. We're not giving you any. They, they told us that one, one came to my side of the car, one came to my wife's side of the car. I looked at him and I says, I didn't ask you for nothing. Don't worry about it. You didn't call me. Jesus did. Jesus did. And he, he's a provider. And let me tell you something that I'm going to conclude. Like I can preach all night on this, but let me tell you something here. When God does show up, he shows up in ways that only you know that it's been from his hands. Yes. Right. Yes. Sometimes it can be comical.
1: That's
0: right. You know, God yes. might show up right. with a dog carrying a $10 bill in his yep. mouth come to your house. One day my, my, my daughter went to the refrigerator and I had been laid off and it was pretty rough. And uh, she comes back and she says, Daddy, nothing in the icebox but the light bulb. What are we going to do about breakfast? I said, baby, put the tablecloth on the table. God is a provider. I don't know how, but he's going to do this. I says, he loves us too much. I preached on street corners and represented him. I preached on street corners where merchants called the police. and The police came to arrest me. And they begin to thank me for preaching there. One came to arrest me one day, and he says, what are you doing? I says, I'm helping you out. There's two cops there. And uh, I says, I'm helping you out. He says, what do you mean? I says, you arrest people after they, they commit crimes, right? He says, yes. I says, I'm trying to get them saved so they don't commit crimes. <laughs> Holy Ghost brought that up. I, I, I'm no genius. Don't think I'm no genius. I don't know nothing. Holy Spirit brought it up. Holy Spirit just flushed their head and say, you know, this is good. Just keep moving up and down the boulevard. So now, yeah, they gave you permission to preach in front of all those stores. You know, there was a, a chicken house. You guys got a church's chicken or something like that in here, or Popeyes or something? The man, the manager, brought me food and drink out. It was so hot. He says, "You need to be refreshed." I said, "Am I coming through, loud and clear?" He says, "Very loud and clear." <laughs> God, God gets funny. God's hilarious sometimes. He just want to know: Are you gonna trust him? Yeah. Are you gonna do His will? Yeah. Some of you in this room, you really want to do the will of God. Yes. The hesitation. The delay, <laughs> the procrastination is not a God. No. God said, jump in the water. Yes. Jump right in right yes. now. Yes. Get busy. Yes. And everybody's got something to do. Okay. Everybody, God's got the, a phone call somebody can make, yes. uh, a visitation to a hospital. Yes. That's yeah. There's something you can do. And you know, you might impact the next life of a, a person who might become the next Billy Graham. Yes, Might be a shaker of patience. Yeah. But do what he says yeah, yeah. and watch God. Watch God. You know, I don't have no sense no more. Pastor Lani, I've driven cars that broke down trying to go serve Jesus. Mm-hmm and I laid hands on it one day and I said, Lord, you know I'm carrying people back and forth to church and I said, make this car act right and I got in turned the key and the engine started made made it home I took everybody home, then it broke down again (laughs) you see I you trust the Lord he can stretch your gas further than you think that can go. When you don't think you have credit worthiness, and the bank is ready to turn you down, God doesn't go to Bank of America, whatever the bank's name is. He don't read credit reports. God just breathes on you. Receive my blessing. I've had two cars given to me. One man I blessed so in the church one day, he couldn't sit still. It was 100 degrees. In, no, it was 115 in Arizona. Anybody been to Arizona where it get real hot? Yeah. It was so hot that day. They said the fire trucks were out on the airport, watering down the the, the runway so the planes could land. That's hot. We just come out of church. Church just ended with me preaching.
1: And he says, God told me to bless you. I says, okay, whatever he told you to do, just do it.
0: He says, "Well, you have to follow me," and he headed for the door. I said, "Wait a minute, brother! It's hot out there. Where we going?" He said, "Just follow me." And again, I reminded him it was 115 out there with heavy humidity. We went out. He, he drove me to his house. Got out, went in his house. My wife didn't know I was going. There. Everybody was looking for me. <laughs> and uh, went in the house, met his family. He says, "Come to the garage." Went in the garage. And he goes, ta-da. And I says, what are we designed for? (laughs) He had a car. It looked like one of them cars that James Bond drove in the movies. Some MG, something or other. And it was a sports car. And he says, God told me to give you the best gift I could. And this is the best gift I could give you. Now, there was a problem. I'm, a color. <laughs> I'm looking at this convertible, the top is all back, it's all polished and shiny, little red sports car, tremendous. And I open the door and I look there and I says, brother, well, I can't fit in there. I say, even if I kick out the front seat, I can't sit with my legs stretched out. Because, you know, I'm too big sitting in the back seat. And uh, he says, well, God told me to give you the best gift I could. And this is it. Whatever you do with it is up to you. And he says, well, what about your wife? And I says, she's tall, for a lady. She can't fit in this. And he says, well, here's the pink slip. I'm going park it out front. And you come and get it. If you want to sell it, you can sell it. And I said, Lord, this is so beautiful. Thank you for the gift. I hated to try to sell it. And this is on a Sunday, I says, but you gotta help me. And so first place we called was a, a man who had a classic car, a place. He comes and immediately I told him, "We am just here for the day, I'm preaching, my wife still don't know where I'm at. And uh, I had to call her and finally the man comes over and he looks at the car and he says, now I will buy this from you, but I can't give you its value. He says, I have to give you a reduced amount so I can make money on it. And I just said, look, just give me your best offer. He says, well, it won't be the best you can get. I says, well, I can't drive the car. I don't have nobody that can drive. And if you got it home, I can't fit it. and do nothing with it. So he says, okay, this car here is worth about 25,000 used. Everything is in its condition. He says I'll give you eight thousand on the spot. I said start counting, just like that. And he gave me eight thousand dollars cash. I signed the paperwork, and I went back to church. And I said thank you, Father, for blessing me for eight thousand dollars. Yes. Yes. See what God can do? Yes. Now, I have pictures of the car. I look at it quite often, <laughs> and I show friends of the car that was given them. What could, could it do me? I couldn't get in. So I tell the Lord, go give me a car again. Make sure I fit in the car. <laughs> Father, I thank you for the privilege of speaking to your people tonight. Yes. I thank you for your presence. I pray that the word that I've shared will go home with you. What have you called them to do? What have you called us to do? Let us be about our Father's business, advancing the kingdom, telling others about Jesus, doing your will, and let your will be done at the best that we all can offer it. Not haphazardly, not just throwing out anything, but giving our very best join you because you gave your best to us yeah. when you sent your son to die on Calvary's cross. Yeah. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. 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 Thank you. Thank
1: you.